0: Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center, the place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Oh,
1: yeah. Hour two lunchtime, University of KMOX. Come on in. We've got a few more seats in the back of the classroom. Uh, Bring your best questions. Bring your experience. All of the things that you know and think are correct, because we may need you to answer the questions. This is the community and the family of KMOX and I just kind of like it. So uh, I love getting together with uh, 50,000 of my favorite friends here on Saturday morning on CamoX. Now lunchtime on the afternoon as you go through your lives with uh, running errands, going to the grocery store, uh, doing the basement repair, the improvement, the do-it-yourself project you have, fixing those various uh, things around the house that need it. Yeah, everything needs a little bit of maintenance, including me. So Let's get to it here. We've got phone lines to share our experience and our questions. Any answers you might have, Uh, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. All of you that are longtime listeners, um, and you know who you are, most of us today are uh, we can kind of recite those phone numbers. All together now 314 436. Yep, yeah. That, yeah, I could hear you. I know it's radio, and I know it's one way, but, you know, we've got this telepathic thing going on. Uh, so we've got a full hour when we go up to the Retire Ready show at 1 o'clock here on KMWACS. Things happening all day long, so stay tuned. Lots of things to be part of. Um, you know, I've got a, uh, a caller from Hour 1 that's been very patient. I want uh, to get to Harold here in just a minute. Uh, just keep in mind that we will go one more hour, bring on your questions, your answers, anything around your home. If you know of a new homeowner or a first-time homeowner or if you're an experienced homeowner, uh, any questions, products, answers you want to share on CAMWEX, yeah, call in. We'll put it together. We are uh, stronger together. All of us are smarter than any one of us. So keep in mind, this is the family and the listeners of the Helitech Home Improvement Show here on KMOX. Let's go right to the phones and talk with my buddy Harold. Hey, Harold, Scott Mosby here. Thank you for waiting. And how can I help you this lunchtime on KMOX?
0: Hello, Scott, and thank you for your ser- sharing your expertise and the service. Yes, uh, I've got a. I've got a hundred year old house, 120 year old house in the city Mm -hmm. and I'm getting some water in the basement. I I, I know that's not new for houses in the city, (laughs) but I've had four contractors come out and two of them are saying that I need a sump pump. And two of them are saying that I need um, just to have the walls um, tug pointed. Mm -hmm. The uh, foundation is um, stone and the the water is coming in below the surface level into mm-hmm. into the wall and wall well uh the the truth is you probably need both
1: on a hundred and twenty year old stone foundation. Uh, About every 30 years, uh, actually in the first uh, 50 years, uh, every 50 years you need the wall uh, tuck pointed. But then once you start tuck pointing, you can't really tuck point all the way through the full 10 or 12 inch thickness of the stones. You can only do the surfaces. So the point is now you need to re-tuck point that foundation interior probably every 10 to 20 years or something like that. Uh, So I would imagine you likely need tuck pointing. Tuck pointing will not stop water. Uh, if water is coming to the outside of that wall and it's coming in down at the bottom where the floor line is you do need some sort of a sump collecting collection system like the hydroway or some sort of perimeter water gathering system and then a sump pump to get it out because here's kind of what's going on Harold a foundation dewatering system pretty much if you can put it where the water comes in you're in good shape, and then exhausted. pump it out, gather it, collect it in a sump pit, and pump it out. What happens is you're not only draining the water that's trying to leak in, you're actually creating a void that makes more water come in faster. So instead of, say, in a heavy rainfall or soil saturation your water table might build up to 12 inches above that basement floor, 24 inches because there's back pressure. Uh, if you were to have a water gathering system on the inside around that, either on the outside at the bottom by the floor or the inside around your uh, basement floor there, the water just goes to the path of least resistance, and it literally will drain more water than you ever knew was there because you can, it will go to the negative pressure. It goes to where um, the easy path of least resistance. So you, I think you're going to either way, if you choose to tuck point first, you will then put in a basement dewatering system with a sump pump in it. And if you do the sump pump first, you're still going to have to tuck point that basement foundation because, you know, it's your foundation. It's a big deal, and it, it needs to be cared for.
0: How's that? Not okay. so good news. Okay, sounds good. That, well, I think that's what both both of them were saying, one or the other, so it sounds like I'm going to need both. So yeah, um, that's Yeah, doesn't that make sense to you, though, Harold? it does it does because even if we put the sump pump in and and they put the drainage system in it's still gonna the water's still gonna come through it's just gonna go into the drainage system to be pumped out, yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, it's uh. Anyway, if you've got a, a 120-year-old house, you know that was built probably maybe with a wood or a dirt floor because that's when it was a root cellar or a rat skiller or you know it, it was uh it, it was a place below the foundation uh, for either storing vegetables and such or just holding up the house and it surely was never built to keep water out. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you very much. Yep, I hope I'm doing that well. If I ever hit 120 years, <laughs> <laughs> just taking water in. You know.
0: Okay, thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, Harold. Take care. Bye now. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, and again, some of those experiences. Um, it, our 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 family business, Mosby Building Arts, was founded by my dad in 1947. Well he knew some stuff i mean he i mean he really did where you know i'm now it's now 2020 i'm comfortable in homes back that were built probably to 1850 1840 Uh, You know, those are structures that I've worked on many times, and there are quite a few around, believe it or not, not just in the city, but in the outlying rural areas where homes were built and golly, you know, of whatever building material was locally available because they didn't have trucks. It was a big deal to haul building materials in a wagon somewhere. Uh, You know, for those of you listening that know the city of St. Louis, uh, Manchester Road, uh, Watson Road, Chippewa, uh, those were all wagon roads too. To market, or from rural um, farming areas uh, like Whitehaven in uh, uh, the Sappington area uh, by, by the Grant's farm. That's where uh, Julia Dent, Julia Dent, grew up. Who married Ulysses S. Grant, and that path, that uh, road. Uh, Gravois was the path and they all go down to downtown St. Louis that's where the produce was sold that's where the wares were purchased and sold so it's kind of interesting how that all is so when you start thinking about a 120 year old house you know, they used to be and still are all over the place. So make St. Louis kind of a neat place. I like I like St. Louis because of the history and the future. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Bring it on. Let's talk about the favorite pre- uh, questions and answers you have. We are the family of KMOX. We are sharing this on 1120. I'm going to take a short pause. We'll be right back. Music. little bit. Oh, yeah. Saturday morning. Uh, Warm and cozy inside. Cold and rainy outside. (laughs) KMOX, let's tune it on. Tune in. Let's get together and be the community of St. Louis. Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Go to my phone lines here. Who's been waiting? Let's speak with my old friend Joan. Hey, Joan, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX and how may may I help you?
2: Hi, this is Joan. I am living in a split level house and it's horrible just starting up i've lived here over 50 50 years about and in these two bathrooms one in the bedroom and one in the hallway well the one in the hallway up in the ceiling, this started a squeaking noise. I don't know what it is. I've not never had anything up there I put anything up there, and it never stops. It squeaks, squeaks, squeaks. It dra- kind of drives me crazy. I've had a friend come in and look, and he can't find out what's doing it, but it never stops. It's still going on now. I don't know what it is. Uh, what
1: part of town do you live in, Joan?
2: Jennings.
1: Jennings, so how how old is the house?
2: It's about 45 years old. It's never done nothing like that before.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you have a bath fan up there? Is there anything mechanical that's up in that area?
2: There's a fan in the bathroom, but I don't use it too much, only when I have a bath. It's never done this before. There's Hmm. something up there causing it to squeak all the time. And it never quits.
1: Twenty four hours a day?
2: Yeah. Hmm. Uh did your friend hear the sound? Yeah, yeah, anybody that comes in the house can hear the sound. Hmm.
1: Uh where is your ductwork? Is it in the attic or down in the basement? You know the where your furnace hot air comes from? Do you know in are basement. your
2: the is
1: in the basement my furnace and everything okay uh golly this is uh pond this is a, a bit uh confusing for me as well i confess i don't know right away what it is um no there is um now i at I'll, i will tell you this <clears throat> not all roofs are fully nailed um uh, your house at 50 years uh was built typically they get built in some pretty fast and furious you know uh, strong economies and back then nail guns were not part of it it was just hold the nail and hit it with a hammer and i've seen some homes built in the 40s and the 50s shortly after world war 2 that weren't fully nailed together and uh you know and they can and it, so, anyway, I would I would ask somebody to go up in that attic and take a look, frankly. I think there's a house call uh, for this, uh, frankly, in, in my opinion, Joan, um, to go see what it is. Because if it's something, well, number one, if it's on your mind and, and going like this, it's going to drive you bonkers anyway. Uh, and I have... No, yes, I had a
0: friend, a
2: friend went up there and he said he couldn't see anything.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to take a construction somebody to go up there that knows because you've oh, got yeah. ductwork. You've got ductwork connected to that bath fan, so you've got metal on metal connections. That if something's moving, that ductwork could move a little bit. Metal on metal can squeak uh, if you've got any kind of uh, movement or not fully secured. Attic framing, you know, framing up the roof of your house, yeah. lumber to lumber can squeak, um, you know, those sorts of things, uh, and, and as well as having a squirrel in the attic or birds in the attic or something like that. It, and it's common to have mice, you know, in the attic. So, yeah. you know, cutting the trees back from around your roof so that if there's a critter that gets in a tree, it can't really jump easily to the roof or roof back to get back out. Um, but you need, I, I would actually uh, probably call a critter or pest control, somebody like a Rottler or a Holpers, you know, somebody that uh, it tends to do pests of some sort, because I think you may have something living up there. If you can't see anything and it's not a building material thing, it tends to be critters. And you know, after a while, they, they and this time of year is especially,
2: yeah. man,
1: they're trying mm-hmm. to move in to warm up as well.
2: I try and call them and see if they can, they can perhaps go in the attic and find something. Because it's awful, that noise, it never stops.
1: Wow, wow.
2: If you start it up.
1: Really? Uh, Do you have a roof vent fan in your attic? Um, Yes. (laughs) uh, Is it, I mean, is something that's up on the shingle line? Anyway, those are the places that... Those things uh, tend to run almost all the time, and they, at, at the end of their life, they're plastic bushings, kind of like bearings, and when those wear out, it, it will run and squeak forever, so there's a good, if you have an attic vent fan, kind of like one of those mushroom things with a, a fan and a motor in it, then it's 90% yeah, sure it's that thing.
2: Well, I want a new one put in then.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the easiest way to do it. Is that uh, how old is your roof, Joan?
2: Well, I'm, I should need a I need a new roof, but I've not got it. It's over the thirty years old now, but it's oh. quite, it doesn't look that bad. I'm going to get one put on.
1: Yeah, the the proper person to put one of those roof vents on. Or a different kind of non-powered roof vent would be the roofer. So if if you're approaching the age of a roof, or even if you just want the fan changed, uh, probably the place to start is with a roofer. uh, Because what, you know, with today, there may be other ways to ventilate that attic without running a blower motor that will wear out yet again. Yeah. Well,
2: my husband's dead now. He's been dead. 20 years but he put it in so i guess it's probably time for a new one
1: well he did pretty good if it lasted 20 years uh you yeah. know he did good work yeah or oh, that too bad he's still not around go up there and change that thing I out wish he
2: was, yeah. so i, <laughs> I understand get, get my, i should get money i guess get, get my new roof put on then now not keep yeah. waiting Okay. I would
1: uh, that that fan and that attic ventilation, and certainly that that squeak, that'd be a good place to start. As if if you know a good roofer, can find one, or you want to call our office for a referral, um, you know we're happy to share that with you as well. So.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. Thank All you. Right, Joan. Mm-hmm. All right, John. Appreciate that. All right. Bye bye.
1: There we go, little help for our friends. Um, and, and some of that is just noodling through. OK, we've got a squeak. Uh, and if it's going 24 hours a day, my father put one of these things up. He had a roof that was very difficult to vent. You couldn't you know they, at the time the house was built, they didn't really have ridge vent, and they still had pan vents, and you know, and he put a powered roof vent. Well, those things, you set them for a temperature, they run almost all the time. Because the solar heat gain, the only time it's and it runs till 7, 8, 9 o'clock. And some of them, if you set the temperature right or the temperature sem- sensor, the thermostat fritzes out on you and malfunctions, well, that thing will run 24 hours a day. Well, imagine your knee bending 24 hours a day. Would it start to squeak? Would it need replacement? Yeah, boy, howdy. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We're going to take a short pause and come right back for more right after this.
0: This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair, celebrating 50 years. Now,
1: Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, what's going on in the world of remodeling? Well, bathrooms, bathrooms, and bathrooms. When we're at home and we're there 24-7, 365, as we are in this COVID thing, we get a little tired of... Bathrooms, Yep, and they need a little bit of help when we're at work and gone and somewhere else and out for the evening going to see friends and family. We don't have to deal with bathrooms because we're just not around it too much. A lot of bathrooms being done right now. So if you're remodeling your bathroom or thinking about it, you're welcome to uh, check out the website Mosby Building Arts or call mosby.com. We've got some really neat stuff. Uh, we've got a lot of articles, a lot of uh, Products and uh, photographs so for you to just go idea shopping and that was kind of the idea of the website oh my gosh we so we started a website back in the early 90s because it was the showroom um so it, it's uh You know, it's just a great group of photographs. You can find photos, but these are St. Louis photos. These are projects that actually got built uh, and products that are available in the area. So call Mosby.com, call Mosby.com, the articles or blogs, if you will, which is nothing more than a website uh, newspaper article in digital form. Uh, On there now, uh, bathroom trends, uh, also various things and and steps and opportunities as far as what the choices are for bathrooms is available there. Uh, So we've got one that's the five biggest bathroom design mistakes. Some of those would surprise you uh, because they do have value and check that out. You'll find out what those are. Um, And likewise for just general questions and answers on bathrooms or anything construction related. Think of it as your own uh, personal three hour Q&A with a construction expert. Tim Wallach, good friend of mine, somebody I've worked with for golly, decades now, we will be there this coming Thursday, October 28th at the Mosby Design Center, 115 West Archon, right across from the train station in Kirkwood. If you know where that is, uh, find the railroad tracks, follow them. You'll find the train station as well, the Mosby Design Center. That's Thursday, October 28th, this coming Thursday, 8 in the morning to 11 a.m. We're trying to hold these various times of the day, so it fits your schedule. Let's go next up and talk with Beth. Hey, Beth, good afternoon. Welcome to Cam Wex. How may I help you this fine day?
3: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I recently, I have an unfinished basement, and I recently painted the ceilings white, the actual okay. wood pieces, but all white. Now, my ductwork seems to be sticking out. It's galvanized ductwork throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Is that okay to paint so that it blends in better with the ceiling?
1: Oh, yes, Oh, yes. Now it's dusty, very, I mean, well, just like your floor joists. So when you painted that, you almost have to dust that stuff off. So oftentimes, we'll, you know, take a, you know, a vacuum cleaner is the best to just vacuum. But your ductwork, especially on the top of it, will be just filthy dirty. I will suggest that you tape or seal the joints first because uh, the Department of Energy reports that, any ductwork, the average leakage is 30% because it's just metal to metal. There's no gasket. There's no seal. So you're better off to seal those and then paint your ductwork because if you paint the ductwork and then do the sealing thing, it's it really gets unsightly. But I love an unfinished painted ceiling and the ductwork especially because it, it's amazing how much that improves, you know, a dark, low-ceiling basement just painting that ceiling.
3: Is there a special paint that I'd have to use? Not really.
1: There's a special primer. You will need a metal bonding primer. Uh, So when you buy the paint, go to a paint store and just ask all these questions. Make sure you put the responsibility on them. They know their products. They know what you're painting. Uh, They'll say, oh, yeah, this primer will stick to anything, or it's great for metal. Let it dry. And then once you put a really good primer on there, Laura, you can put almost any kind of paint on top of it. So uh, the, the, the trick is to, yeah. Oh, sorry, Beth. But the the trick is to, uh, uh, you know, get it to stick.
3: Now, sealing, what do you seal it with?
1: Uh, just a primer paint. Tape still- oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I like aluminum tape. Uh, there's aluminum, aluminum tape. duct tape. There's the regular duct tape, the cloth stuff. Uh, that comes right. in so many poor qualities that I wouldn't even mess with that. Uh, I like using, and it's like foil with adhesive on it. So you can really cut up the edges of your fingers because it's a very thick foil. But wipe down all mm-hmm. those joints, get them really, really clean all the way around all four sides. It's tough to get those pieces over the top because, you know, there's they're close to the floor joists above. Um, and then just, you know, uh, I, I would actually wipe down the joints with like a rubbing alcohol or denatured alcohol, something that uh, gets the oils from when that sheet metal was manufactured, even half a century Mm -hmm. ago, the oil might still be. So get a little bit of that so that that tape sticks. And then press it firmly on there um, on all of the uh, joints where those come together, right over the top of those metal fasteners and and drive cleats and things like that. Um, And then you paint right over that tape too. Yeah.
0: I've, I've done good. it.
1: I, I've lived with it. When you know, it, you get in an old enough house. There's only so much nice looking stuff you can do on a ceiling without it dropping down even lower. And painting the ceiling is just a magical way. And putting in a lot of lights after that. Yeah, I, I, it, it. it our basement had a very, very good feel.
3: Yeah, it's so far so good. Well, I appreciate your help. I'm going to start on it now. Thank you. Oh,
1: okay, Beth. Take care.
3: Bye-bye. Home, home improvement.
1: There we go. Again, a little bit of expertise. Um, but, you know, Beth kind of knew. She's already painted her floor drawers. And, my gosh, that takes a boatload of paint. I mean, uh, a lot of paint. When you think about painting a ceiling, say, the, the basement is 1,000 or 1,500 square feet in floor space. Well, that's a flat surface. So you think, well, I've got, you know, 1,500 square feet or, you know, for round numbers, 1,000 square feet. Well, you've got floor joists that have bottom inch and a half and then two 10 inch sides or 12 inch sides or whatever the height of those floor joists are. And then you've got the floor itself. So you have a thousand square feet of plywood or one by eight or whatever the subfloor sheathing is. And then you've got all of the floor joists, then the ductwork, then the pipes, then all the wires. Holy smokes. It's a big deal. So you could wind up with about the the equivalent of painting 2,500 square feet of surface area just for a 1,000 square foot floor space basement. Uh, so anyway, uh, but I think, you know, Beth discovered uh, a really magical thing. And, and we have that oftentimes like, well, I want to finish my basement. And then you wind up with a budget that's about 10% or 20% of what it takes to finish the basement. And then, let's pretend you had all that money. Well, then, the ceiling come down comes down because you have to get below the floor joists and then below the ductwork, or then the building code kicks in because you if you're going to have a finished occupied space, then the ceiling height of an occupied finished space has has to be x height enough. And that is a minimum of six feet, eight inches. Well, you can, well, your ductwork six down further than that sometimes. So then the code says, well, if it bumps down for less than so many square feet, you can do it and it's still. Co- well, the bottom line is the code prohibits a lot of basements from being legally finished. Well, what do you do? Well, you spray paint all over the ceiling, put in a lot of lights, and you paint the floor, and you wind up with, and the walls. You wind up with a pretty good feeling area for uh, you know the ten or twenty percent budget money that the client may have. It's a pretty good deal. Well, let's uh, see what's cooking with my friend Laura here. Hey, Laura Scott Mosby. Good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. Thanks for your patience. How can I help?
4: I have two questions. Um, one is, uh, do you, can you hear me?
1: Yes, ma'am. I can.
4: Okay, we had a new cedar deck put in about two years ago, and I'm having a problem. It gets mold and it's so bad. I you know I had it in the spring power washed and and re- put a sealer on it, but uh, I'm looking at it now already, and the floor looks dark, a lot of the strips and the the main uh, up the upper one that's on the top of all the spindles and everything. So yes. is there anything you can do to keep the mold off?
1: uh yes and it's pretty much a car wash multiple times a year uh when you wind up with trees shade or the north side of the house and it stays wet and everything in st louis has been wet even when we had a dry spell dur- during the summer here you know we still had a bunch of rain so the mold on wood shingles Uh, patios, decks, driveways, everything, is. uh, we're having a bumper crop this year because of the rain, just like today. Uh, So it's really just giving it a bath. And I mean a good scrubbing bath with a detergent, sometimes bleach, something that kills that mold. But the wood, even there's just no finish you can put on the wood that is not porous and permeable where the wood will not absorb that water. Well, then the, so now you have wood, which is a, a, um, a a food source. Then you have the moisture, which is also required for growing mold. And then you get a little bit of shade and then the temperature gets up to 80, 90, 100 degrees. Oh my gosh. You know, that's, you know, that's what Washington University does to grow in a Petri dish. So, you know, that mold just goes nuts on it.
2: (laughs)
4: It stays shaded until noon or after.
1: Yeah, there's and, nothing. Um, go ahead.
4: So you say detergent with Clorox mixed in with it and just rub it good?
1: Yep, yep, and you'll do it a lot. Uh, so uh, your uh, maintenance cycle on uh, cleaning, on restaining, on um, warping, uh, is probably twice as much as normal. When you're in the shade, first off, it's a lovely deck to live on. I love shady patios and decks. But the point is, is they never virtually dry out, ever.
4: <laughs> well, I, I that's what I assume, because in behind me... I live in a villa, but I've got mm-hmm. a pretty nice... I don't know how far my grassy yard is, but then I've got complete coverage of trees all in behind. Oh, nice. So, and with... Uh, like I said, all summer, even when you get up in the morning, it looks like it's rained out because everything's wet.
1: Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it makes a great place to hang out. I love that.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And my other question is, I'm having problems with a light switch in my kitchen. I've I've had it in place twice. Uh, It kind of has a mind of its own. It comes on when it wants to, and then other times I can't get it to come on. Tell I did notice my light switch here works good, but every once in a while it gets a flicker. So I don't know if it's in the switch or in the light. What kind of light bulbs do you have in that light? Uh, it's the old style with it kind of looks like a half of a Pepsi bottle, and it's got the big round bulbs that go up in it. Okay. Kind of like uh, the, uh, I can't think what I want to say, but...
1: Well, there's not a regular light bulb. Yeah. It's not a regular. One of the newer light bulbs then?
4: No, it's kind of like the ones a lot of people used to put in the ceiling up over their fireplaces to shine down. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Kind of a floodlight.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, And I've got uh, five of those on this strip. I've got like a 14-foot tall vaulted ceiling. Okay. And it gives me a lot of good light, but I'm... Like I said, I've had my switch change twice, so I don't know if it's the light fixture or the switch, but this, when I turn the switch on, nearly every morning it won't come on. I'll wait till maybe mid-morning and try it again, and it comes on.
1: Uh, is it a dimmer or just an on-off switch?
4: It's just an on-off switch.
1: Wow. Wow. Uh... I would suggest an electrician uh visit to your house. This is not when something uh a, an on-off switch is nothing more than touching two wires together and the light should come off come on. The reason I asked about the dimmer is oftentimes when you get newer more energy-efficient, uh, code-compliant <laughs> light bulbs. Basically, they're a little piece of electronics. And then if you put uh, something else like a dimmer on it, there's another piece of electronics. And they sometimes they just don't get along. But with a regular uh, on-off toggle switch or rocker, sw- you know, just a regular on-off, uh, yeah. you should have no troubles at all. Those bulbs should come right on. Um, now, either something's loose in the wiring to the light fixture itself on the uh, uh, ceiling or something in yeah. that switch. Either way, you need a, uh, f- uh, a troubleshooter, a good electrician, serviceman to come check that out. That's it, And especially with a tall ceiling like that, they need to get up and check that end as well.
4: know yeah, because I, I, I'm i kind of concerned as to if it's not working and working, if it could be a short there. That might start a fire or something
1: yep your fire department would love to have an electrician stop by your house so they don't have to come put it out
4: right (laughs) okay well thank you so much
1: all right take care thanks laura
4: you too and thanks for your information
1: all right Thanks. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, three one four four three six seven nine hundred eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. We've had some interesting phone calls here. Uh, by the way, bring on a phone call. I, I'll get right to you. But uh, we started out hour one. Uh, question is: the PVC white pipe for downspout drains for draining gutters and downspouts or any kind of landscaping is the white PVC pipe better? Or the corrugated black ABS, which is the type of plastic, or ADS, uh, David, A David S, uh, that is a brand name. And those corrugated black pipes are just more prone to um, sediment buildup and uh, blockage because when it rains, it doesn't scour the smooth side of the pipes clean like you do in a white PVC pipe uh and you don't need the big thick wall uh it's called uh there's a schedule 20 or 35 a sewer and drain is not that's heavier sewer and drain is pretty heavy the point is it's a thin wall white pvc pipe very good but uh if you're spending spending for the labor and the layout and the effort and the contractor and all that you know a few extra bucks in the material just makes it work better and take care of itself uh, likewise we had a question on latex paint in bathrooms um you know are that okay well latex paint is fine in bathrooms um, just so long as you're not really in the shower if you have shower walls or even sometimes a shower ceiling you know it's hard for any kind of paint to stick on there because of the high humidity drywall you know and just water getting on it as well so uh, anyway uh, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120 puts us together. Uh, likewise, um, uh, Tom called in about his uh, son's house about a sump pump. And apparently, the sump pump went on the fritz. They had the waterproofing professionally done or on the house before his son bought it. And then, you know, the sump pump quit. So, the you know, the company came out and put on a temporary sump pump. And they've been waiting almost a year. Well, believe it or not, Some of those materials can be that hard to get, especially if you're in a better sump pump, uh, the kind that have, you know, the bells and whistles and they last for a very long time. Uh, So I find that your simple, cheap sump pumps are easy to get, but the ones that uh, are more costly have more features and last longer. You know, they tend to be um, uh, not as... uh, uh, readily available, let's say. Uh, then we got into uh, you know Joan's uh, bathroom, and she had a power roof vent, or what I think is a squeaking power roof vent as it wears out. Uh, and then um, you know Beth wanted to paint her unfinished. Basement uh, to get that uh, all whited up. Could she paint her ductwork as well? The answer is yes. Well, we're going to talk uh, for just a moment or take a short pause right now uh, while we get to Joni when we come back from the break. Scott Mosby, KMOX, at your service.
0: This is the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Celebrating 50 years. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All
1: right, back together, home improvement. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Coming up next is Retire Ready and an afternoon of experts here on KMOX. Stay tuned. Much to listen to. Many things to talk about. All for you. Let's go to my friend Joni and speak with her. Good afternoon, Joni. How can I help you today?
3: Hello there. Um, you can help me. I hope uh, I have a mid-century house built mm-hmm. 67 years ago, and uh, the chimney was leaking, and there was some water damage in the living room, and my husband has been a roofer in the past, and he had that repaired Uh, The flashing, I think you call it, where the chimney meets the roof, Mm -hmm. and that's all been repaired. But he's starting to see signs that maybe we're getting a little moisture in, and he feels that it's um, uh, the mortar itself is taking on water because of its age. Mm -hmm. It can is can that happen, and what's the solution for that?
1: Yes, is this a brick chimney then, or stone?
3: It's stone.
1: Okay, even even more so. Um, brick absorbs water. It's clay. Stone, limestone, absorbs water. Uh, actually, a water filter type back 2,000 years ago was a porous limestone water filter. So all of those building materials, not just the mortar, get wet. And frankly, there is one of the building technologist guys that basically does a demonstration with a section of a brick wall and a garden hose. And uh, he said on the average between 20 seconds and a minute, water starts passing through brick. Um, So it does take up water and the mortar as it ages, does it even quicker. So uh, Mm -hmm. the answer to your question is you betcha, and I guarantee that it does. Uh, The issue becomes what happens to the moisture after it gets into the brick. Well, as the brick gets older, as the molder gets older, you know, the freeze-thaw cycles for 50, 60 years on a house built in the 50s or 60s, you know, golly, that brick has been moved around. So you betcha it gets wet. And the only way that brick can dry is when it stops raining, and it's drier around the brick with the humidity in st louis that's not often so most of the moisture on a wet brick above the roof tries to soak into the brick below it down inside the attic and next to the ceiling so if you have any drywall or plaster close to a stone or brick uh, chimney that stone material will wick w-i-c-k wick that moisture and you know that dry plaster dry drywall adjacent to that ceiling very common for that to look like a leak when it's not it's just moisture uh escaping or drying itself out of the stone or brick chimney oh i see so just what's like a sp- the solution so think of that, br- that? well um Tuck, retuck pointing, number one. Seal the brick, number two, long enough time after the tuck pointing happens. And make make sure for sure on the top of the chimney, uh, basically you've got a, a, a masonry or cement type cap because you stack up all these bricks into the square chimney or stone. And then on the top of that... They pretty much put cement, sand, and mortar mix, and and kind of they and they cone it off into a humped kind of a roof. Well, that ages as well, and that needs to be um, uh, tended to for maintenance reasons. Uh, it then. Uh, you still can have that humidity buildup in that stone, uh, Joni, and it will wick Mm -hmm. its way. So having just a little bit of distance between the plaster or drywall around that stone chimney, uh, you know, like a quarter of an inch, and then caulk that or or fill it in some attractive way. uh, And it keeps that moisture from jumping into your plaster into your drywall and looking like a leak it's not really a leak it's just moisture moving through that material
3: okay so making Tough a line one. of separation between the plaster and the brick or stone
1: is the key perfect yeah. you, you're you on top of that a hundred that is it you need to make sure they don't touch otherwise yeah. it will always have yes ma'am you got it okay all right well thank you yeah, smart thinker, Joni. You you, you, you get it. three red stars by your name.
3: Oh, well, thank you. I've learned a lot from my husband, I must say.
1: Okay, take care. Thanks for the call. All
3: right. All right. right. Bye-bye.
1: All right, we'll be back. Uh, stay tuned to Retire Ready coming up next. Remember Thursday, 8 to 11, this coming week, Q&A at the Mosby Design Center in Kirkwood.